acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that charts the far reaches of history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about how the seventh planet from the sun was discovered completely by accident. Oh, and if I pronounce the name of the planet differently than you'd expect, we'll get to why that is a little later. The day was March 13, 1781. German-born British astronomer William Herschel discovered the planet Uranus. Friedrich Wilhelm Herschel was born on November 15, 1738, in Hanover, Germany. He came from a musical family, and both he and his brother Jakob followed in their father's footsteps as oboists. In addition, Wilhelm also played the violin, the harpsichord, and later the organ. He composed many musical works himself, and in his 20s, he performed in orchestras and as a solo organist throughout England. In 1766, William Herschel, now going by the English version of his name, took a job as the permanent organist of the Octagon Chapel in Bath, England. However, music wasn't his only passion. Herschel was also a self-taught astronomer. And in 1767, he began observing the night sky with small telescopes in his spare time. Unfortunately, the instruments he used were poorly suited for even his amateur purposes. They were uncomfortable to look through, and the images they showed often appeared blurry and small. 
Larger, more powerful telescopes weren't available at the time, so in 1773, Herschel began to build his own. He took lessons from a local mirror maker and spent up to 16 hours a day grinding and polishing the metal mirrors that would gather the necessary light for his telescope. He also consulted his sister and fellow astronomer Caroline on his designs, as well as his older brother Alexander, who was a skilled mechanical craftsman. He also consulted his sister and fellow astronomer Caroline on his designs, as well as his other brother Alexander, who was a skilled mechanical craftsman. With their help, Herschel was able to build telescopes that allowed him to look farther into space than anyone had before him. He still kept up with his musical duties, but it's safe to say that astronomy became his primary passion from then on. He kept a journal of his early observational work, much of which focused on the search for double stars, which are pairs of stars that appear very close together when viewed through a telescope. In March of 1781, Herschel's hunt for double stars led him to conduct a special kind of survey. He began observing and measuring all the stars that were too faint to be seen by the naked eye. That's when he noticed a dim, moving object that seemed to pass in front of the fixed stars. At first, Herschel thought it was a comet, but after reporting the sighting, he and his peers crunched some numbers and realized the object in question was following a planetary orbit. What Herschel had actually found was a planet beyond the orbit of Saturn, the first new planet ever discovered by a scientist. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and of course Earth were all known to the ancients as they were all observable without the need of a telescope. Uranus is visible to the naked eye as well and had actually been observed as far back as 1690. However, because the planet is so dim, and because its orbit is so slow, astronomers had always mistaken it for a star. Herschel was the first to pay the object any real attention, eventually logging enough observations of its movement to determine its true nature. Nearly 250 years later, the closest that humans have ever come to Uranus was in 1986, when the Voyager 2 unmanned probe passed within 50,000 miles of the planet's cloud top. During that flyby, the probe gathered thousands of images and tons of data on the planet and its moons. As a result, we know a lot more about Uranus than just its orbit and its blue-green color. For instance, we now know the planet is a dual giant. Like its bigger brothers, Jupiter and Saturn, Uranus is a gas giant, with an atmosphere composed mostly of hydrogen, helium, and methane. Unlike those other planets, though, Uranus is also considered an ice giant, since at least 80% of its mass is a fluid mix of water, methane, and ammonia ice. Another feature that distinguishes Uranus from the other planets in our solar system is its peculiar orientation. It's the only one that's tilted so far that it basically orbits the sun on its side. This extreme tilt is thought to have been caused by some kind of collision, or possibly a series of collisions, shortly after the planet was formed. The tilt doesn't just make Uranus spin funny either. It also gives the planet extreme seasons that last for a little over 20 Earth years, including an especially dark and frigid winter. And speaking of cold, Uranus actually has the coldest atmosphere in our solar system. That's because the only heat it gets is from the distant sun, 
as Uranus doesn't have a molten core to generate its internal heat. Chilly or not, the discovery of Uranus was a welcome feather in England's cap, helping to soften the blow of its recent loss in the American Revolutionary War. King George III was so pleased with Herschel's discovery that he granted him knighthood and then appointed him as the court astronomer. It was a cushy position, and the pension it came with allowed Herschel to quit his day job as a musician and focus on his research full-time. By the time of his death in 1822, William Herschel had discovered 800 double or multiple star systems, as well as the first two of Uranus's 27 known moons and several moons around the other gas giants. He also compiled a catalog of 2,500 celestial objects that's still used in the field today. But okay, now that we've talked about the planet's discovery and some of its key properties, let's address the elephant in the room. The name. When it came time to choose one, Herschel tried to score brownie points by suggesting it be named in honor of his patron, King George III. That would have made the planet Georgium Sidus, George's star, or the Georgian planet. As you might imagine though, that idea wasn't very popular outside of England. Other suggestions included Minerva, the Roman goddess of wisdom, Hypercronius, which means above Saturn, a reference to the planet's position, and Herschel, after its discoverer. In the end, though, it was German astronomer Johann Bode who gave the planet its eventual name. It was a fitting outcome, since Bode's observations had helped confirm that the mystery object was indeed a planet. His reasoning for the name was pretty sound, too. Bode argued that they should continue the trend of naming planets after the lineage of the gods of ancient mythology. The fifth planet from the sun had been named after Jupiter, the king of the Roman gods. Likewise, the sixth planet from the sun had been named after Saturn, the father of Jupiter. It seemed only fitting then that the seventh planet from the sun should be named after the father of Saturn. That's ultimately what happened, but in a strange twist, Bode chose not to use the name of the Roman god as had been done with the other planets. So instead of calling the planet Calus, he named it after the Greek counterpart, Uranus, the primeval god of the sky. By 1850, the name had been adapted to Uranus, a name that most people wind up pronouncing as Uranus, much to the delight of schoolchildren and many adults. The name is especially funny when you consider the planet's status as a gas giant, but according to NASA, most scientists pronounce it as Uranus. That is closer to the ancient Greek pronunciation of the planet's namesake, but since you rarely hear it outside of academic settings, and because it isn't nearly as funny, most people still cling to Uranus, so to speak. Sorry, couldn't help it. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's show, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to pass them along by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. When you 
drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.